0: Welcome to the Health Leaders Revenue Cycle Podcast. I'm Alexandra Pecci, Revenue Cycle Editor for Health Leaders. Today, I'm excited to welcome Candace Powers, Chief Revenue Cycle Officer for Mon Health System in West Virginia. Candy, thank you so much for being here.
1: Oh, Alex, thank you so much for inviting me today to have a quick discussion with you about our pre-access services. It's a topic that I'm extremely passionate about, so honored to be here.
0: Medical bills are one of the biggest sources of stress for patients and a staggering number of them actually avoid necessary health care because they don't think they can afford it. From the provider side, revenue cycles are increasingly dealing with the phenomenon of patient as payer because so many patients have extremely high deductibles. That's why revenue cycles like the one at Mon Health System are trying to make the patient billing experience better, easier, and more streamlined by working on pre-access. So Candy, can you first tell us what it is you mean by pre-access? What does your department do before a patient comes in for their service?
1: So pre-access services is a very broad term. Uh, It actually means as many administrative quality assurance checks um, can be performed prior to the services that the patient is being scheduled for. We want to perform as many of those true quality assurance measures that impact both the patient's financial experience as well as the financial well-being of the organization. That that certainly comes second to the patient's experience, but it is an important piece of this. The foundational unit for the operating margin for the organization is really that patient demographic, that information that we're gleaning from the patient. And then the foundational unit of patient satisfaction And the perception of excellent care and an excellent experience is communication. So the pre-access service center model applies to the functions of order workflow management and quality assurance, scheduling, authorization, and then finally a pre-registration conversation with the patient to go over any variances in that that entire uh, breadth of functionality. Um, additionally, we kind of clump all of that into a financial clearance model for the patient. Um, but really, it's, it's, it's more about making sure that there are no obstacles to that patient receiving care and then the facility being reimbursed for that care and the patient being given an accurate patient responsibility uh, at the end of that care so that they can really focus on healing. Because at the end of the day, that's what it's about, is getting our communities healthier and making sure that all of those obstacles to care can be avoided. So um, the second part of your question is, what do we actually do before the patient comes in? We're essentially reviewing all orders to make sure that they are complete and actionable. So what I mean by that, your physician orders a test or a surgery for you, we wanna check and make sure that we have all of the information for the physician. So that's the who. Um, we also need to know what procedure they're ordering. So um, the, we need to have that current procedural code. We also need a diagnosis the reason why they're performing the test. So that's really the what they're performing and why they're performing it, as well as what location they would like to have it performed and then any type of special instructions. Um, So particularly for physicians who are ordering services outside of any employment agreement, um, we need to make sure that those services are authorized and what they're ordering actually matches that authorization. Now, if it's a Mon Health System physician, that we employ, we actually schedule those patients out far enough to where we can obtain that authorization. So once we make sure that that order is absolutely accurate and we have all of the information that we need, we can then verify whether or not an authorization is needed. Each individual insurance plan provides authorization turnaround times. They publish them. So if you have ABC insurance and we know it takes them 10 days to process your authorization, when we call you to schedule your service, we'll schedule it for 11 days out. Uh-huh. That then allows the authorization team time to make sure that, first and foremost, all requirements by your insurance company to perform those tests or those services are met and that they are authorized so there is no disruption in your care. And then, of course, we're checking eligibility for those insurance plans at every stop in this process. And finally, we do make a communication attempt three to five days out from the service to double check with you to make sure that all of the information is correct that's been given to us, as well as communicate with our patients what their individualized estimated out-of-pocket responsibility is going to be. Our patients don't like surprises. We don't like receiving the calls from surprised patients. So, we give patients the opportunity to set arrangements or pay those balances in full. And if there's any sort of hardship that's expressed at that time, we do have some options. We have a Medicaid eligibility screening program that we can run patients through. Um, this has been extremely successful for um, Mon Health System in the state of West Virginia. And uh, additionally, we can get them in touch with internal financial counselors who can help set up payment arrangements, good faith deposits, like there are always options. We never want a patient to defer their care from the perception that they can't afford it. You can't afford not to take care of your illness or your injury, um, or it will force you to do so later.
0: Mon Health System has been working on improving its pre-access services for a while. Can you tell us about how and why that work actually started?
1: We started this work in 2018. Mon Health System has always provided excellent clinical care to our communities. In 2018, we started looking at the manner in which we did the business of doing business. Uh, MON Health System had come off of a particularly financially harsh year, and we were looking at ways that we could not only keep the patient in the center of the financial experience, but also improve all of the hoops that patients often have to go through to receive services, make it easier for them to obtain services, make it easier for them to cover those services. One of the areas that kind of sparked this work, came down to we had a decentralized model for a lot of these pre-service activities, for scheduling, for orders workflow, for um, pre-registration and for authorization. So we kind of looked across our health system to say, how many different areas do we have performing these functions? And, And the statistics that we were getting back were kind of staggering. And so, uh, what we found was that decentralized model did not really allow for, um, for insight into what was actually going on with our patient experiences. Um, it kind of dispersed the responsibility. There wasn't a, a, a central business owner for all of those functions that are a part of pre-access services. At the same time, we were looking at our denials rates our denials rates for claims were upward of 25%, which is extremely high. Um, And about 60% of those denials could be directly attributable back to issues with eligibility or issues with authorization. And so we knew that we had to address the problem at the front end. You can't just pull people out of the river on the back end. You really have to go upstream to figure out why they keep falling in the water. Um, Additionally, we had patients that were expressing difficulty in getting to the right place, that it took multiple phone calls to get services scheduled or um, even to get them confirmed, and multiple phone calls from our facilities to the patients as well. There were a lot of wait times um, for corrected orders. Patients would present on the day of service, and we would have missing information on the order to where we could not process that patient through to their service without a complete and actionable order. Additionally, the wait times in registration, in particular in the hospital, there were days where it was not unusual for us to have a 30 to 40 minute wait time for our patients to be sent to the clinical area for their services simply because they were waiting to be registered. Um, and then all of that just kind of culminated into a, a, a very high level of frustration and, and stress for not only our patients, but our staff as well. So that was kind of the genesis of why we, we decided to go down the path of pre-access services. I was familiar with First Source um, and knew that they had this model that they applied across the country in different facilities and that they actually ran the pre-access services model. We weren't really interested in kind of outsourcing the function, but we needed the expertise and we needed help in how do we set this up? And so that is kind of what sparked the partnership. We started in the fall of 2018 having initial discussions and by June of 2019, we had started the recruitment process for uh, the personnel that would be in place for uh, the pre-access service center, and our go-live, uh, the first round of go-live, it, it was a tiered implementation, so we did it in waves by specialty. But that first wave went live with radiology and a lot of our specialty clinics in October of 2019. So it has been in place since then, and um, it has survived a conversion and multiple iterations of additional specialties uh, across our health system coming under that same umbrella. And, and there are plans to systemize the function across our entire health system just so that we can not necessarily standardize, but where we can improve the patient experience for receiving services from MonHealth um, and really you know, trying to look at it a singular patient at a time uh, and we feel like that that's truly our mission and, and the manner in which you improve the health of your community.
0: Well, speaking of that community, I know that MonHealth is located in West Virginia. Why is a pre-access department particularly important for the population that you serve?
1: So I'm glad that you asked this question. Um, this is probably the the, um, the thing that I'm most passionate about. I was born and raised in West Virginia. I haven't spent my whole adult life in West Virginia, but I was born and raised here and came home uh, to help Mon Health System just improve in general. And the community that we serve is certainly unique. It is a rural community. Our flagship hospital is located in Morgantown, West Virginia, which is, it is a city, um, but the vast majority of the communities that we serve um, are not considered metropolitan, they are considered rural. And then if you look at the statistics of um, the disease state in West Virginia, um, you're gonna find a very large incidence of heart disease, diabetes, cancer, we have an aging population here as well so it's kind of a double whammy and um we we often are kind of at the um at the unhealthier side of uh, bmi or obesity rates in the nation and so um, all of that is to say that's the community that we're serving and one of the purposes of the pre-access service center is to remove Uh, barricades to being able to provide care. And so if you can, if you can manage chronic disease and you can get folks access to care earlier in that disease state or prevent it, you know, preventatively, um, that's, that's kind of the secret sauce and, and that's how you make things better. And that's how you, that's how you promote wellness. And that's, that's that's really what this is all about, and it's and it's why most of us in the healthcare field um, do what we do for a living. Um, some of us actually are, are clinicians and and actually lay hands on patients. Others of us um, work to make the experience for the patient less cumbersome, and um, and and open up that access. So. Um, I know that that kind of sounds like a commercial for pre-access services, but the truth of the matter is, is it's, it's really important and and the work is never done. It can always be improved. And so we're just excited that we, that we do have this model here. It is, it is serving us well um, and it, and it will continue to serve our patients well.
0: We're going to take a quick break. Stay with us for more with Candy when we come back.
1: Hi, this is Jack O'Brien, Finance
0: Editor at Health Leaders. I'm here to tell you to check out the Health Leaders Finance Podcast, which drops every third Thursday of the month. On my show, I sit down with healthcare finance executives for in-depth discussions regarding high-level topics affecting the industry, including revenue diversification, cost containment strategies, provider consolidation, and digital investment, among others. Subscribe and listen now to the Health Leaders Finance Podcast on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or Stitcher. Welcome back. We're talking with Candy Powers from Mon Health System. Candy, can you now describe how the pre-access department has improved revenue cycle KPIs at Mon Health?
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, there, are, there are a lot of tangible stats, and then there are some intangibles too. So I'd like to kind of talk about both. Um, when you asked the question about why we started looking at this. Um, I mentioned our denials rates. So as I stated before, our denials rates um, back in mid-fiscal year 2018 were upwards of 25% and there were about 60% of those that could be attributable to eligibility responses, authorization, medical necessity, those types of front-end denials that if you have a solid pre-access process in place, you can prevent a lot of that. And so I I am happy to report that our overall denials percentage, despite going through a system conversion in August, um, those have been reduced down to about 6%. We have been as low as 4%. we have also reduced the incidence of front end denials, if you will, or that percentage of, of that denials rate that are attributable to the front end to about 30%. So, it is it is still a large portion, but now we get to um, look at uh, different items than than kind of some of the easy stuff, some of the eligibility and, and, and some of those types of things that are really no brainers that you know, if, if you get it right, um, that you can avoid those denials. So now we get into more complex denials and things that really you, you want to be using um, your staff for um, to make improvements, a little bit more sophisticated if you will. Um, additionally, I talked about the wait times and registration. So the way that our pre-access service center works and, and we worked with FirstSource to develop this model is there are four categories of patients when they come through pre-access services. We have um, patients who have not been touched yet. They have, we have not been able to get a hold of them or, or for whatever reason, they have not participated in the process. They don't really have a status. Then you have folks who have a no stop status, which means when they arrive at our facilities, they have fully participated in the process. They've um, maybe paid their co-pays in advance. Um, they have been fully registered. So really the only thing they are doing at the point of check-in is giving their name and their date of birth. We validate that information. We provide them an armband or check them into our clinics and they are ready to go to their clinical service with pretty much zero wait time. We also have what's called a quick stop. So if in that process, there has been anything that maybe we need to get um, an ID from someone or a copy of their insurance card, um, they would have a quick stop experience. So on average, those quick stop check-ins last about three minutes um, where we're just obtaining whatever information is missing. And then obviously we have full stops where maybe we have contacted the patient and it's not a good time for them to provide us with information. We confirm their appointment, but they'll need to go through a full registration process when they arrive at our facilities. Those are called full stops. And really the, the percentages that we like to have in each of those categories between quick stops and no stops we would like to see about 70% of our population fall into that category. We're sitting at about 61% right now or 65%. um, But essentially what that does is reduce that wait time in your registration and lobby areas um, to almost nothing. So our average wait time right now uh, at Mon Health Medical Center proper at the hospital is less than five minutes and you're fully registered if you take that average. So, um, you know, it, it, is a, it is a huge patient satisfier. Um, it allows for us to appropriately staff um, and allows patients to get to their services faster and they're, they're not congregating in waiting rooms, which in the era of COVID, that's extremely important as well. Um, one other metric that, that I can I can tell you we've that we've really worked very hard to improve is our abandonment rate on scheduling calls that come into the health system. Prior to our system conversion in August, we had an abandonment rate that hovered just above 10% percent um, meaning that we had patients who um, who for whatever reason did not complete the full scheduling experience. And this is even after we had pre-access services open. Um, What we've been able to do with a focus really across the last uh, six to eight months um, with First Sources uh, assistance is we have been able to push that abandonment rate uh, less than 5%, um, which is phenomenal. So we are, we are capturing more of our patients on that first contact. They're contacting uh, a human being to help them through their scheduling experience, um, usually the first time out of the box. So um, you know that, that has been a huge improvement um, in KPI just in the pre-access service center as a part of Revenue Cycle as well, and is, is, is driving fuller schedules and happier patients uh, all the way around.
0: Candy, let's think about the future. What are you working on now to advance what you've already done with the
1: pre-access center? Oh, we have some really exciting things coming. So we recently went through a computer conversion in August of this year. And as a part of that, we are expanding our patient portal. So the next steps for us would include options within that portal to kind of put some of the onus for that information gathering on the patient. So it would allow us to interact with the patient electronically rather than via the telephone, which is kind of the traditional ways, uh, you know, the traditional way that you interact with patients, they interact with you when they schedule their service or you're trying to pre register them. We really think that our patient portal and being able to gather that information in a safe and secure way. To kind of kick the process off, or to ask questions, or to have inquiries and to exchange information, is really where um, where things are moving. We we have started some of the. The reminders, rather than receiving a call reminder, which is the traditional means by which we remind patients of of upcoming appointments or communicate um, different messages to them. We have started down uh, the text pathway where we can send text or email reminders. We can send documentation prior to your clinic visit regarding that visit. Um, there's the the opportunity is kind of endless there in that electronic exchange of information back and forth and so that's really the next vein that we are going to head down for pre-access services to streamline that functionality for our patients Um, and we will always have those traditional folks who want to pick up the phone to interact with us. We just would like to also provide some additional electronic options that then we can integrate into our systems and make a lot of those um, a lot of those connections and a lot of those quality assurance checks just that uh, much more efficient. So that's that's really the next exciting step and we're I think we're going to start with our health fairs and how we register patients for our health fairs. So um, the community has something to look forward to. And just, again, this this becomes about patients accessing care and how do you remove obstacles and how do you kind of uh, meet them where they are in their space. And so everyone has a smartphone or most folks have a smartphone now. And, you know, how can, we, how can we get the information into an easier format for patients to understand and interact with? So really exciting stuff. Finally,
0: when you think about your pre-access department and look back on those three years, what
1: are you really especially proud of? Well, there's a lot of things that I'm really proud of, um, but there is one shining, glaring item that um, I, I consider the crown jewel of our accomplishments. Um, Prior to um, engaging down this road with First Source, we had um, only established a Medicaid eligibility program at Mon Health Medical Center proper just for the hospital, and it was for a very um, small population of patients. Essentially, if you came through our ER or if you came through our cancer center and were a self-pay patient, um, we would likely screen you um, or attempt to screen you. For Medicaid eligibility. Um, as a part of this partnership with, with First Source and getting the Pre-Access Service Center built, we rolled Medicaid eligibility out to all of our facilities, and we service all patients. So, not just our ER patients. We also, um, we also review all inpatients who are self-insured or underinsured, um, all of our cancer care patients, all of our outpatient diagnostic patients so if you come into one of our facilities and you are a self pay patient we are reviewing your demographic we are reaching out to you to offer assistance in in kind of walking through that medicaid eligibility process to potentially get you some coverage west virginia is an expansion state and a lot of our population actually qualifies for medicaid but they don't realize it and so this program has given us a mechanism by which we are getting more folks qualified um, for those services, even in our smallest of critical access hospitals. Um, So I'm extremely proud of that fact. Um, We actually have a very large competitor in our market, and uh, we aligned, whenever we were looking at Medicaid eligibility, we aligned with them, we don't typically align with our competitors, but we did so in an effort to service more patients and get more patients qualified for some sort of c- coverage, so that we could prevent or at least manage some of the chronic disease that's that's prevalent in our state. So, I am absolutely the most proud uh, of that item. But there have been there have been so many wins. Um, I would be remiss if I didn't mention. Um, last March when the nation kind of shut down from COVID, we had the pre-access service center in place. What it allowed us to do is to be able to pre-register all COVID screenings um, so that when those patients arrived for COVID testing, there was a very minimal contact and minimal time spent in line for our screenings. Um, and so we were able to screen more patients more efficiently, more safely, and, um, and, and the patients kind of had a seamless, uh, a seamless experience and never actually had to exchange paperwork with a human being, which you know, in, in trying to, to control COVID, um, it, it was kind of one of those issues for how do we do this? The pre-access service center was the means by which we were able to very quickly, within 48 hours, stand that program up. And um, so I'm, I'm really proud of that as well.
0: Candy, it's been really wonderful talking with you. Thank you for being here and sharing your expertise with us.
1: Um, thank you for the invite. And um, I just, I'm really proud of, of the work that we're doing at, at Mon Health, And we have a very dedicated staff we are dedicated to our patients and to their clinical experience. And we are starting to improve in in the financial realm as well for their their financial experience. So proud to be doing the work and uh, every day gives you the opportunity to make things a little bit better.
0: And thank you listeners for joining us on the Health Leaders Revenue Cycle podcast. Until next time, keep taking care of patients and each other.